That's not a Christmas carol you've probably heard. Um, welcome uh, to One Church. Uh, we're starting a new series today called Merry Xmas. We want to say anytime you take Christ out of Christmas, you get a mess. So um, uh, we're going to have a great time uh, today. We're going to have a lot of fun, I guarantee it. And at the end, we're going to learn some things as well. Um, but uh, today I want to talk a little bit about my family, and if you're from the South, I want to talk about your family too, because we're going to be talking about a redneck family Christmas. Um, how many of y'all are from the South? All right, I have to be careful, because when I was preach, I've, I've talked about my family before when I lived in Iowa and Virginia, and, uh, and now that I live in the same town as my family, I've got to be really careful um, because they know where I live. Um, but I want to talk about your family and my family because all of us have some weird people in our family. And by the way, if you don't have weird people in your family, you're probably the weird one, um, just to let you know. Um, but I want to be talking about some redneck stuff today because just as bad as you think your family is, I want to let you know that Jesus had some weirdos in his family as well. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. But before we get there, I want to talk about your redneck Christmas. You, if your family get-togethers on Christmas Eve resemble a scene from Deliverance, you might be a redneck, all right? If your uh, idea of um, Christmas lights and Christmas decorations resembles this picture right here, then you might be a redneck. By the way, can you all see that? 
That's some scary stuff right there. Um, if you, the nativity scene that you set up in your front yard includes two pink, pink flamingos and the baby Jesus lying in a painted old tire, then you might be a redneck. If you've ever done Christmas shopping at a truck stop, you might be a redneck. Um, if you give out the free testers of perfume that you get in the mail to people for Christmas, by the way, my family does that. You might be a redneck. We're going to have to exclude that one from the MP3 later. Um, if you buy one Christmas gift that takes care of both your wife and your cousin, then you might be a redneck. All right? All right, we're moving on from that one. Um, actually, one more. If you don't leave Santa milk and cookies, but if you leave him an RC cola and pork rinds. All righty, then you might be a redneck. All right, here we go. Um, all of us have some people in our family that we're just like, yeah, we don't get together during the year, but for Christmas you're kind of forced to. Um, we all got some people in our family that are just a little different. We all got Cousin Eddie's. Look at this next clip. Looks well, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. I hope it enhances your holiday spirit. <laughs> Dear Catherine. Eddie? <laughs> oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. Eddie? <laughs> I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. <laughs> Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house. Eddie? <laughs> 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 yeah, if you don't remember, this here is Rocky. Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus he ain't identified yet. <laughs> you remember Ruby Sue? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, ain't it? Huh? She falls in a well, eyes go cross. She gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> and this here's our pride and joy. Snots. Pretty name, Ed. Yeah, we named him that because he's got this sinus condition. <laughs> Snots, you roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. <laughs> That's something, ain't it? You pet him, Clark, on the belly, and he'll love you till the day you die. I really shouldn't. My hands are all chapped. We were going to call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. just can't believe you're actually standing here in my living room, Eddie. Mm. Never thought the day would come. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. It's a crying shame the older kids couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, I got the daughter in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. And the older boy, bless his soul, is preparing for his career. College? Carnival. You gotta be proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, last season he was a Picture dust spreader on a tilted whirl. He thinks that maybe next year he'll be guessing people's waiter barking for the yak woman. 
You ever see her? No. Yeah, she's got these big horns growing right out above her ear. Yeah, she's ugly as sin. But a sweet gal. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Just glad to be here. Yeah. So, when did you get the uh, tenement on wheels? Oh, that there, that, uh, that's an RV. Yeah, yeah. I bartered off a buddy of mine. He took my house. I took the RV. <laughs> it's a good-looking vehicle, ain't it? Yeah. It's so nice parked in the driveway. Yeah, it sure does. But don't you go falling in love with it now. Because we're taking it with us when we leave here next month. <laughs> <laughs> we all have Cousin Eddie's. Uh, I have four in my family. Uh, and I think they're all named Eddie. And they're all from the same family, actually, now that I think of it. Anyway, um, just as we all have people in our family, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture today that I give you my word you've probably never, ever heard preached. Ever. In fact, you've probably never even read it because when you get to this section of Scripture, you skip it because you think, oh, that's just boring. It's a list of names. Depending on what type of uh, Bible you got, it, it may have, uh, you know, this person begat this person and this person begat this person or this person's the dad of this person. It's just a big, long list of names. In fact, if you have the One Church Bible, uh, turn to 733. Uh, if you don't have the One Church Bible, Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to be at this morning. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. And we're going to be looking at the first 17 verses. And we're going to be looking at Jesus' genealogy. Jesus' redneck family tree. Now, let me give you just some uh, kind of going... You, you're going to see some people in this line that you're going to think, Wow, I cannot believe that the Son of God has some great, 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 great grandparents who are that jacked up. You're going to see some people who have made horrendous, terrible, bad decisions and, and have, should have sinned, should have just, just punted them on the sidelines, and God still used them to produce the Son of God from this line. Um, this is where we're going to be looking. Now, Matthew, let me give you a, just a quick background. Matthew was written by a dude by the name of... Matthew, that's exactly right. And Matthew is a Jewish fella. And the whole point of writing the book of Matthew is this. Is to prove, it's a Jewish man, Matthew, writing to Jews, proving to the Jews that Jesus is their Messiah. That Jesus is their chosen king. The word king and the word Messiah is basically the same word. So Matthew is writing to Jews, proving to them that Jesus is their Jewish king, that he's in line. Right, he's in, 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 now think about this. How do kings become kings? Through the bloodline, right? I mean, you, like, I mean, how does Queen Elizabeth, how did she become queen? Well, because she was born into that family, right? It's all about family. It's all about relationships. Well, Matthew is going to prove that Jesus is the direct descendant of King David. Because just as it is today and just as it was 2,000 years ago, people get the right to rule through their lineage, through their bloodline. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about genealogies in that day. Today, genealogies, maybe for you, may not be that big of a deal. But back then, it was everything. A, a person's genealogy was their claim to fame. It was their credentials, if you will. 
There, um, uh, when God created the nation of Israel, they had 12 tribes, because of 12 families, all right? And those 12 people, those families, came from one family. It kind of sounds like Arkansas, I know. Um, but uh, those 12 families, every one of the Jewish uh, people could trace their lineage back to one of those 12 tribes. It's very, very important for the Jews. Now, the, the, the Jewish records, genealogies, they were all kept in the temple. Here's a picture of the temple. I think we have it. Um, maybe not. Um, uh, you have to come second service to see that one. Anyway, but the, the, the temple of that day, it's where they worshipped, but it was also where they housed all of the record books. Um, this is where they housed all the genealogies of this person married this person. And it was very important during that day. Now, there's a problem because in 70 A.D., about 70 years after Jesus was born, the Romans came in and leveled the temple, totally destroyed the temple. And once they destroyed the temple, not one genealogy of all of the Jewish, these thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jewish people, survived. There's a picture of the temple. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, uh, none of these survived because this temple was destroyed except one person's genealogy survived. You know who that is? Jesus. And not only do we have one copy of his genealogy, we actually have two. And the one in Matthew 1 traces um, the line through Joseph. And in Luke chapter 3, uh, he traces the line through Mary. Both Mary and Joseph are from the tribe of Judah and from King David's line. So it's very, very important. Very, very important. So to this day, the reason why Jews can say, you know what, Jesus is the rightful king is because God miraculously preserved these genealogies so that you can be able to trace Jesus all the way back to David. That stokes me. Some of y'all are going, oh, what did he say? Uh, that's okay. I'm excited. All right. Now, let me tell you some other things about uh, Jewish genealogies. Women were never mentioned. <laughs> Good. If they're weird people, we don't want to mention, right? I, um, let me tell you the reason why. Um, back in that day, in Roman culture and Greek culture and even some Jewish culture, women weren't valued the way they are today. Um, now, what's so cool is in this genealogy, we're going to see a lot of women mentioned because God is not sexist. He values both men and women. But um, you should, in this genealogy, if it's a normal Jewish genealogy, women should never be mentioned because um, people were traced through the male bloodline. All right? Let me give you another example. Let me tell you, uh, not only are women should never be mentioned, but foreigners or Gentiles, non-Jewish people, should never be mentioned as well because this is a Jewish genealogy. But what we're going to find in this, this is not your father's genealogy. This is not, this is uh, Jewish, uh, non-Jewish people are mentioned, foreigners are mentioned, as well as a bunch of women are mentioned. And a lot of these ladies should have been featured on Hebrews Hebrew girls gone wild because they were some weird people, all right? Messed up ladies. Some of them were great and some of them were like, oh my. All right? Um, some of them, I'm going to start blushing when I talk about, all right? Because it's in the Bible. You should read the Bible. It's so exciting. All right? Let's, uh, sorry. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. This is a record of the ancestors. Everybody say the word ancestors. All of us have some ancestors, and some of them are good and some of them are bad. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of who? David. Now, David was the king. 
So Matthew is trying to prove to the Jews that there's a king. So being kin to David shows Jesus' right to be king. And then it says, and of Abraham. Now, Abraham, being kin to Abraham means that Jesus has the right to... God promised both David and Abraham a bunch of promises. We call the churchy word as covenants. But he says, he promised David, I promise you that there's somebody from your line is going to be king forever. And that happened through Jesus Christ. He is king of kings and lord of lords. But not only that, God promised Abraham somebody from your seed, from your line... Uh, they're gonna, you're going to be a blessing to everybody, not only Jews but Gentiles as well. And guess what? That happened through Jesus Christ because not only Jews can get to heaven, but so non-Jewish people, which is probably the majority of us, can get to heaven as well. So it all came through. Uh, true. Now let's look at verse 2. It says this, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac was the father of Jacob, Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. So we're going to look at each one. Abraham, let's talk about my boy Abe. Abraham was a man of great faith. Um, God told Abraham and Sarah, uh, who were both older than dirt, um, I want you to sell your retirement home, and I want you to pick up, and I want you to move. And they're going, where are we going to move to? I ain't, God said, I ain't telling you. You just follow me. And they go this, okay. And they move. And they don't know where they're going. They ain't got a clue. But that's Okay. Because they were a people of great faith. And let me tell you another. God told Abraham and Isaac, you're going to be the mother and father of a great nation. Sounds good. Except they had no kids. And did I mention they're older than dirt? Now, some of you are thinking, he's offending me because I'm old. I'm not. If you're 100 years old in here, then yes, I'm offending you. But I doubt you're 100 years. I, we don't have 100-year-old people in here because the music bothers them. <laughs> All right? Or maybe, okay, I just need to stop right there because I'm going to get in trouble. Anyway, <laughs> all right, um, self-discipline is a fruit of the Spirit. All right, anyway, um, God told Abraham and Sarah, you're going to be the mother and father of a great nation, but they didn't have any children. But God came through, and when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, they gave birth to a little boy they named Isaac, which means laughter. I guess so. I mean, can you? Not only are they going to laugh about giving birth, but even getting to doing the stuff that they need to do in order to be able to give birth. You know what I mean? There's some laughter stuff in there. Okay. So, the, I mean, Abraham and Isaac, Abraham and Sarah had great faith, but yet Abraham had some bummers. He was a chronic liar. I'll give you one example. Uh, Sarah was gorgeous. All right. Um, if they had pinup models, she would have been a pinup model. She was absolutely a looker. And uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah, as they're traveling, not knowing really where they're going to go, but God's kind of telling them, they come to this uh, foreign city, and everybody is Googling and just going, oh, look at Sarah. And Abraham gets scared because she's so pretty that if he says, hey, we're married, then, um, then they may kill Abraham to want to marry Sarah. So the, the, the word of her beauty reaches the king of that town, and the king goes to Abraham and says, um, Hey, uh, well, how are you doing? Um, is your, uh, who is this girl with you, Abraham? Now, Abraham could have said, She's my wife. But you know what Abraham said because he, he was so scared? She's my sister. Don't kill me, just take her. Okay, that's some Jerry Springer stuff right there. Ladies, how, imagine how that would make you feel. If somebody, yeah, let's do. 
Somebody says, your husband says, you know what, I'm not married to her. You're welcome to take her. Just don't kill me. All right? And if God had not intervened, that's exactly what would have happened. Abraham had a problem with lying. He had a problem, and sometimes he had no faith in God, just like you and me. All right, let's keep on going. Abraham was father of Isaac, who I had mentioned earlier. His name means laughter. Isaac had two sons, and he played favorite with his sons, and it literally tore his family apart. Uh, his two sons were Jacob and Esau. Jacob, who the, that's the next one. Jacob, that name translated means deceiver. What if your mama called you, you know what, just call him deceiver, just call him a scoundrel. How would that make you feel? All right. Um, I mean, and, and Jacob lived up to his name. Jacob was a scoundrel. He stole, he cheated, he conned, he swindled, he duped, he defrauded tons of people before God finally got a hold of his life. Now, when God finally got a hold of his life, he put all of that stuff in his past and literally changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And Israel had 12 sons and one daughter. It's like... Uh, Israel's last name was the Duggar. Israel Duggar. Because, you know, have you ever seen the Duggars? Anybody besides me? Um, I, I need counseling. I know that. Um, uh, but my wife and I, and when we're laying in bed at night, we watch the Duggars, the 18 and more, or 28 and more, whatever they got now. Um, but, uh, I mean, he had 12 sons and one daughter. And guess what? He played favorites too. And it tore his family apart. All right? Let's keep on going. Um, it says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Okay, if this was a normal, this was a normal Jewish genealogy, this lady would never be mentioned. Tamar. And let me tell you a little bit about Tamar. Tamar, first woman in Genesis 38, she dressed up as a prostitute and seduced her father-in-law. You know what that's all about? Spring, spring. That's, that's what that is. That's some, that's some weird stuff. All right? That's not your normal genealogy. That's not people. This is Tamar would not be somebody you would invite to your family get togethers, unless you had to. All right? I just, I'm, I'm amazed by that. I mean, here's somebody who, um, who slept with their father in law. All right, let's keep on going, because that's just kind of weird. Um, I'm starting to blush. Um, verse, uh, in verse 3, Perez was the, was the father of Hezron. By the way, I'm going to slaughter some of these names. Hezron was the father of Ram, and he, I, I hear he was, he was dodge tough. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon, and he was a little fishy. Salmon was the father of Boaz. And look at this whose mother was Rahab. So here's the second lady mentioned in what should be an all-male genealogy. Not only is she a woman, but she's a foreigner. She's the first Gentile foreigner who's mentioned. Not only is she a woman and a foreigner, guess what she did for a living? She was a prostitute. Gotta love this. Rahab was a prostitute living in a town called Jericho. And y'all remember Jericho, you know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. If y'all grew up in church, if you didn't, you're going, what? Um, but uh, Joshua sent two spies to, to go into Jericho to spy it out, to say, okay, what's our plan of attack? And they stayed in Rahab's house because nobody would have raised any eyebrows. There's men coming from Rahab's house all the time, you know? 
So the king hears, king of Jericho, he hears that there's some spies and goes to Rahab's house and Rahab hides these Jewish spies. And in return for that, these spies say, you know what, we're not like, we're, when God conquers Jericho, everybody's going to be wiped out, but you will be saved, both you and your family. And God saves this, Jew, uh, this Gentile prostitute and, and in fact, if you read ahead in Hebrews chapter 11, there's what's called like the hall of faith and all these people who have a lot of faith. Rahab made that list. Rahab, this Jewish, excuse me, this Gentile woman who's a prostitute made the line of Jesus' family tree. Now, what does that have to say about you and me? Well, and that really is the first principle we're going to look at. The first principle is this, that Jesus is for all people, not just Jewish, but Gentiles as well. Not just men, but women as well. Jesus is the Lord and the King for all people. All of us have eddies in our past. All of us have people who have, and some of you have checkered past. And you need to hear me when I say this, God can use you in spite of your checkered past. God can use you even though you may have messed up and you have made some, may have made some bad decisions. We all have weirdos in our family and some of us are the weirdos. But the great thing about that is when we come to God, we are all on level ground. Weirdos and non-weirdos alike, we're all messed up. All of us are unholy and we all have mess in our lives. There's no room in the kingdom of God for saying, you know what, you're not a part of our club, you're not a part of our clique, you don't look the way that we look, you don't have the same skin color that we have. There's no room for discrimination in God's family. And you know what, one of the problems that the Jews had is if, they, if you weren't Jewish, then you weren't much. And hear me, one of the things that has, will tick me off more than anything is any time a church or anything, you have racism or classism or sexism, sexism or social statusism. That's a George W. word I just made up. Any of these words, any of these words, you know, there's no room for that in God's family because all of us are messed up. Y'all agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. So God, Jesus is is a God for all people. He is the Messiah for all people. In verse 5, Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Here's the third lady mentioned in what should be in all Jewish genealogy. Now, Ruth, she was a saint compared to these other two ladies. She was a very godly woman, but she was a foreigner. She was a Gentile. She was a Moabite. Uh, that means she was from Moab. And the, that the people from Moab, they had the Moabite people was the product of incest. And there was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain there. And though Ruth was a very godly woman, a, 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 this non-Jewish person, she hung out with her, her mother-in-law Naomi and loved on this Jewish lady, even though her husband Naomi died, Naomi's husband died and Ruth's husband died. And Ruth comes back to, to Israel knowing that everybody hated Jews. And she says, you know what, I'm going I'm to remain faithful to my mother-in-law. And God blessed her faithfulness, and she married Boaz, this very, very godly man. Um, just so really co cool what God is doing through this. Let's keep on going. Uh, into verse 5, Matthew 1, 5. Obed was the father of Jesse, 
And Jesse was the father of King David, and David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the fourth lady mentioned. Now, let me tell you about David. David, this is the dude who was the small David with the slingshot and smacked Goliath upside the head, and Goliath died. He was a cool dude. In fact, God even said he's a man after my own heart. Godly, godly young man. But that doesn't mean David was perfect. David had some bummers. David, this, in fact, this whole Bathsheba thing, David is up on the roof, and he's kind of walking around. Oh, look, there's a young lady, and she's naked. She's bathing. I should turn away, but I'm not. And then he starts thinking through all of this stuff and says, hey, and, and, and they get together, and she gets pregnant. There's a problem. She's married. All right? She's married, and then uh, her, her husband, Uriah, comes in, and he has eventually has Uriah killed. So not only is he an adulterer, he's a murderer, and God still says that he is a man after God's own heart. Why? Because when David was confronted with his sin, he always came clean. Always came clean. That is in Jesus' past. That's amazing. Now, um, what we're going to do is we're going to look through... Uh, the second principle I want to say is God's grace... God's love is greater than your sin. God's grace, God's love is greater than your sin. You, all of these people with all of these past, God still used them. Now you would think that, you know what, God could never use somebody like that, but He did. And if He can use people like that, then He can use you. He can use me. Because we're all messed up. God's love is greater than anything that you could ever do. You may have think, you know what, I've made this decision, this very bad decision this past week, and I, I am shelved. It's a done deal. And God can't use me. He can use you. He can use you. And He will use you. But you've got to come clean. You've got to say, I've done this, and you know what, and, and you come clean. That's exactly, I love that. Because all of, I love this, look at this Micah passage. I, I'm I'm going over, but I just this excites me. This Micah seven says this. This is really small. Where uh, where is the God who can compare with you? Wiping the slate clean of your guilt, turning a blind eye, a deaf ear to the past sins of your purged and precious people. You don't nurse your anger, and you don't stay angry for long, God. For your mercy is your specialty. You know what God specializes in? He he specializes in taking weak people which is you and me, in showing His strength through us. You may be at your weakest point right now, and God's saying, this is the time for me to shine through you. That's cool. All right. Now let's continue through this, uh, um, this family tree. I'm gonna, all the rest of the people I'm going to mention were all kings. They were all leaders, people of influence. And you had some people who were good kings, some people who were bad kings, and some people who were just plain scoundrels. And we're, going to be, we're not going to go in detail with all of these, but let's look at this. Okay, the first one is Solomon. Solomon was both good and bad. He was the wisest person in the world, but he, his heart was divided. He loved really, I think in a lot of ways, he loved women more than God. And you read the book of Ecclesiastes, and you, read, you see a guy who is though the wisest person in the world. Anytime you take God out of your life, you get a mess. And that's exactly what Solomon had. So Solomon was both good and bad. Let's keep on going. Rehoboam. Rehoboam was an evil king. Everybody say the word evil. All right. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Say the word evil. 
right. Uh, Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was good. Everybody said we're good. So we got a good and bad, evil, evil, good. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Imagine if you were in middle school. What's your name? Jehoshaphat? Yeah. Um, uh, Jehoshaphat was good. Everybody say good. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. He was evil. All right. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. He's good. Good. Thank you, bro. Uh, Uzziah was the father of Jotham. He is good. Good. Jotham was the father of Ahaz, which was evil. Good. You good man. Uh, Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah, who's good. And Hezekiah was the father of Massa, who was extremely evil. Everybody say the word extremely evil. He was the worst of the bunch. He ruled for 55 years and killed his sons through burning them. Gotta love that. So tell me about your uncle Manasseh. Yeah. We all have jacked up people in our family tree. So at this point, we have five evil kings and five good kings. That's not a good track record for being in the line of Jesus Christ. It's not. All right? Let's keep on going. Manasseh was the father of Ammon. He's evil. Ammon was the father of Josiah, who's good. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim, who is evil. And at Jehoiakim, God said, enough. I've had it enough. Y'all have been evil enough. And so many generations have passed. And he says, I I am going to discipline Israel. And God allowed the Babylonians to come in and wipe them out. And God promised Jehoiakim, from your line, from your seed, your son will never, ever, ever be king. Because you have been that evil. But you think, well, but God had promised David that somebody from his line would be king. This is school. This is not my notes. In Luke chapter 3... God traces um, uh, Jesus' family line through Mary, who's from David, and God got around that, the whole Jehoiakim mess and says, you know what? Jesus is still a relative of David the king, but he's not a relative of Jehoiakim. I mean, it's just it's messed up. He, did, he doesn't get his kingship from Jehoiakim. Just crazy stuff. All right, the exile to Babylon. God said it's enough. And this is where I want to say this. The third and last principle we're going to look at, and then we're done, is this. The apple, the apple doesn't always fall close to the tree. The apple doesn't always fall close to the tree. Some of you know what I'm talking about because um, you are thinking, you know what, and I've lived in small towns, and you're judged by what your parents have done or not done. You've been judged because your dad did this 20 years ago or your mom did this. And we think, you know what, I'm never ever going to make it better than my folks. That the apple will always fall close to the tree. And if my mom and dad were scoundrels, then I will be a scoundrel too. And you know what, that's labeling and it doesn't have to be that way. You may have come from a broken home. You know what, your home doesn't have to be broken. Because with God's help, you can break that cycle. The assumption is that the apple always falls close to the tree, but it doesn't have to. Because God is greater than your past. God is greater than who your mama and your daddy are. Because we all have weirdos. My great-great-grandfather, his last name was Edmondson, he ran a ferry here in this town. Y'all know what a ferry is, don't you? Right? When Clarksville started growing, they built a bridge across the Cumberland, and he threatened to blow it up. Because, because it killed his livelihood. Okay? He was like, 
you know, he, he, dude's a terrorist. I am not my great, I'm not my great, 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 great grandfather. All right? I'm just not. Because the apple doesn't always have to fall close to the tree. Your mom and dad, they may be scoundrels, but you don't have to. Just like in some of those, that long line of names, there was one evil king, and then the next king was good king. Why? What happened? Well, it wasn't because of the parenting skills. It was because of God's grace. It was because of God's love, and it was because of God's mercy. Jesus can triumph over your past. The genealogy of Jesus is the story of God's love and grace and mercy. And that's our big idea for today. Our big idea for today is simply this. God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, He is greater than your sin, it's greater than your past, and it's greater than your family. That God can use you, but you have to be clean. God can use you, but you have to have a relationship with Him. God can use you, but you have to obey. And it doesn't matter about your past, your past sin, or your family. God can use you. You just got to let it. You got to come to Him, and when you sin, you say, God, this is what I've done. I've sinned. Please forgive me. And you come clean, and God will wipe that clean. He will wipe your slate clean. But you got to come to Him. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much that we're able to see in Jesus' redneck family Christmas, Lord, that all of us, though we, we're all kind of crazy and we all have weird people in our family, and Jesus did too, that you can still use us. You can still use us apart from our sin and apart from our hang-ups and our mess-ups. And Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that we would make you the center of this season we would make you the center of Christmas. For any time we take you out of it, we just have a God-awful mess. I pray, Jesus Christ, I pray that you would be the Lord and Savior of our lives today. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As I've got just a couple quick announcements. I'm Luther. I do the small groups here. If you are in a small group that is going to be ending in January, we are doing group link on January 11th. Uh, I need you to go on and sign up for that so we get an idea of how many people we've got. Also, if you are willing to serve as a small group leader, um, if you'll see me or you can uh, hit the church website, there's an application to fill out. Also, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, we'll be doing the uh, Christmas party for um, uh, the youth. That'll be at the church offices at 4 o'clock. Um, girls need to bring sweet or salty snack. Boys need to bring a drink. Uh, and a $5 Dirty Santa gift. So, uh, And also, I don't know if anyone's gone over this already, uh, we are trying to help a family out in need. So at the hub table out there, same place you sign up for group link, uh, if you want to help a family in need, if you could just drop some cash out there, we'd appreciate it. Thanks, guys.